Hello and welcome back to the Milan Baptist podcast. My name is Manon and I am Milan Baptist community pastor. We have a wonderful toddlers group that meets every Thursday for friendship, tea, singing and of course cake. Today was a special session as Emily from Sweet Dreams came to visit us. She shared some tips to help little ones get good sleep and for parents to know what to expect in the different stages of their children's development. You can find more about Emily and her work as a sleep coach and baby care specialist on her website, sweetdreamssleepcoaching.co.uk. In this second episode, Emily addresses the parents and carers of toddlers. This talk was originally followed by a helpful Q&A that we did not record as we wanted to respect people's privacy. This means that you might find that it ends a little abruptly. But I hope that you will still find the content encouraging and reassuring. Our group is full of life, which we so enjoy. We have plenty of activities and space which allows our toddlers and their carers to move about freely. So you will hear that this episode picks up on the wonderful buzz of toddlers playing and of their parents having great conversations in the background. But the truth is that it captures the essence of the group beautifully and we wouldn't want to have it any other way. Right, that is enough from me. Here is Emily with some great tips on sleep for toddlers. I'm Emily, as Manon said. Um, yeah, maybe cover them a bit closer. Um, so I'm a, um, a holistic sleep coach. I work with families um, on with babies from newborn to teens on sleep. I also work as a newborn care specialist, looking after babies in their homes. Um, but I work with lots of families um, for all sorts of reasons, with you know, who are struggling with sleep or perhaps needing to know whether what their little one is doing is, is normal or what they can do to help. Um, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about sleep of so 18 to 18 months to three years, roughly. Um, and feel free to yeah ask any questions after if you've got anything specific to your situation. Um, so I was saying to the group that I spoke to with the babies that it's really common. So um, 80 percent of um, six to 18 months old wake still one to three times a night. That's just, it's normal. So, and it's still common also to wake into the second year, the third year, I hate to tell you. Not to say it's not difficult to manage, but it can be, you know, it can just be, there's lots of reasons why, and I'll go through those. Um, but it's about getting to the root of the problem and looking at it very holistically. So rather than just saying, well, it's, you know, they're just not sleeping, so this is what you've got to do. Often it's kind of making sure that Everything is optimised. So looking at the sleep environment, where, where are they sleeping, what's the room like, what's, you know, if there are noises happening, is there, is it, you know, winters are getting cold, is it too hot, so many things that can affect sleep. Looking at nutrition, making sure that they're um, eating, a, especially at this age, a varied and balanced diet. Um, looking at health, making sure that there's no underlying health issues that might be affecting their sleep. Um, their temperament as well is a really important one. And at this age, they're really starting to develop their personalities out there and really um, push the boundaries a little bit and kind of to see, to see where things are at. So um, working 
with you know, being mindful of their temperament and how they respond to change is really important. Um, and also you as a parent, what your, you know, what your hopes and wishes are and how you cope or don't cope. You know, what we find often is um, you know, our, our children at sleep might be normal, but for us that might be, you know, about the I'm terrible at staying up really, really late at night. And then, you know, of course, if I had a little one waking at six o'clock, I'd be struggling. So it's about kind of adjusting our own expectations. At this stage, so around 18 months, sleep can progress a bit again, even if you've had reasonable sleep before that. There are so many changes, developmental changes. So, um, you know, they're often starting you know, to talk a lot more. Um, their physical development is coming on. The molars are coming through, they start coming through. Um, sometimes there might be a um, big change, often it's quite a common age for big changes, so they might be going to nursery, there might be another sibling on the way, they might, you know, sometimes there's a house move. Lots of things happen at this age that really unsettles Um Also around this age, they tend to drop their morning nap between 15 and 18 months, so um, as, a, as a general rule, some might be a little bit earlier, but they, they might well be. Um, Drop that morning nap and just have the, the lunchtime nap, which generally we stay until they're around three. Some are a little bit earlier. Um, you'll notice that the, the lunchtime nap will probably start to get shorter. And nearer to three years, they will perhaps have a day, a couple of days where they don't need a nap. Then they'll have a really long nap. Then they'll do it. So they kind of phase it out slowly. Um, one of the things that's really important at this age is healthy boundaries. So um, I'm very much about kind of um, being very responsive, being quite, you know, very attachment-based, so um, teaching your child that you're there for them, but there, there are obviously going to be some boundaries in place. Um, and keeping a, a nice, um, flexible, but um, consistent and regular routine is really, really helpful. So they thrive on, on routine, on knowing what's coming next. Um, that can be quite settling for them. Um, and that obviously also extends to the bedtime routine. So having a really nice, flexible, but um, flexible in terms of, you know, you never know when something might pop up. You might have a late night because holiday. But generally speaking, their bedtime routine should be to follow the same pattern and should roughly be between 30 and 45 minutes. Any longer than that, and sometimes, you know, that can go on for hours and hours, then you're kind of losing that optimal time to get them down. So um, usually, and it can be, you know, different for every family, but usually um, taking them up for, you know, about if they're having a bath. Some children, obviously, if they have eczema, they might not bath every night, but generally speaking, um, going up, having a bath, or perhaps some wind down time, um, having a wash, brushing teeth, getting their pyjamas on, having a story, cuddle and then going down to bed is, is a, you know, a pretty standard routine but that shouldn't take longer than 30 to 45 minutes. Um, they like to have the same stories, they love repetition, so keeping, you know, and that's, it can get a bit boring for you as a parent but it's still, it's really good for them because they kind of know what to, what to, you know, to expect. Um, so sometimes at this age as well, they like to have some choice. So I would always say try to give them some sort of restricted choices. They think that they're kind of choosing, but basically saying, would you like this story or this story? Or, you know, you can choose two stories or three stories, but not, you know, ten stories. So giving them some choices. Um, you know, do you, would you like the blue cup or the red cup? Would you like these drums or these drums? So they're not kind of, they, they feel they've got an element of control. Because often when they resist things, because they feel that they, you know, they've got no control in their little environment. So giving them those choices but those boundaries is, is really important. 
Um, this is a great age to use something like, um, I use a bespoke vitamin book with a lot of families. So they, they respond really well to um, pictures and giving them a, a make a little book. You can just literally do it. Um, you can print pictures of them. Um, but taking photos of their bedtime routine and then making it into a little book is really useful. So you take a picture of them um, perhaps having their tea, then going up for a bath, then brushing their teeth, putting their pyjamas on, having them so that bedtime routine. You take a photo of every stage and then you can just print it into a little book, you can laminate it, whatever you want. And then that becomes their bedtime book. They love to see themselves as part of the show. So, Reading, so incorporating that book into your bedtime routine gives them an idea of what's happening, what's happened next, and the last picture would be a picture of them waking up in the morning ready for the day. So you're basically giving them this message of time to do this, then you go to sleep, and then you're waking up in the morning. So using something like that's really good, just because it, you know, even if they're too young to understand fully, they're following the pictures. Um, the other thing that uh, is really important is lots of active play at this age obviously they've got loads of energy so coming to things like this is great giving them lots of opportunities to get you know um, get exercise going to the park being outside outside fresh air is brilliant and also um, daylight every day you know daylight exposure is really really good for um, encouraging melatonin production at night. One thing I'd say it's really important when you're winding down for bed, try and keep lights as low as possible and again screens. It's quite tempting to kind of let them chill out with, you know, maybe watching something. And you know, there's certainly a time and place for it, and I'm not one to say, oh no, no, no screens ever. But what can work quite well is perhaps after tea they could have some wind down time, they might enjoy a, you know, I don't know, the bedtime stories on TV or whatever. And then once they once you start the bedtime routine, no, no, no screens. Keep the lights low because all of that really um, dampens that melatonin, and, and the melatonin is that sleeping hormone that we really want to encourage. And actually, having a bath, that slight increase in temperature when you have a bath, and then the drop when you come out, gives that gives them a real boost of melatonin and sleepiness. So that can be really helpful. And there are um, really good. Um, Tryptophan rich food. So tryptophan is the precursor to melatonin. So foods like um, bananas, oats, uh, nuts and seeds, white meats, they're all really good for sleep. So basically trying to incorporate those into um, either their tea time or a you know, pre-bedtime snack can be really good. Again, you just basically want to flood them with as much melatonin as possible to get them really nice and sleepy, ready to go to bed and ready to um, sometimes if they're starting nursery around this age that can really unsettle their sleep so any big changes will unsettle sleep try to just stick with it try to stay consistent just you know keep things going um, kind of keep your eye on the goal essentially um, and you know work your way through and often when they start nursery they can have every cold going so then that will set their sleep back um, but once they're settled you know it can be great because it really helps you know wear them out they're so engaged all the time they can then start to sleep better. Um, another thing that crops up around this age is, is, is the whole transition from pot to bed. So that can often, you know, sometimes um, parents are quite tempted to move them out of a pot quite early. And obviously if they're climbing out and you've put it on the lowest setting and they're still climbing out, there's a, a danger, so you, you, you haven't really got a choice. But I would say try to keep them in a pot as long as possible. Because once they're out, it's, you know, the nightmare to contain them. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. 
So essentially then, I would say, if you're already at that stage where you're kind of stuck Right, okay, so nearly three, but yeah, they need to then move out of a pot. So essentially then, making the bedroom as safe as possible, obviously, making sure there's no shelves that could fall on them, things, you know, cords they could get a hold of, liquids, anything like that. And then, you know, making their room essentially as safe as their pot. Um, you know, you might want to use a stair gate just to kind of keep them from wandering in the middle of the night. Um, but often it's a case of having to kind of keep, just given that kind of clear message of, you need to stay in your bed, so you might uh, go through a of having to keep taking them back to bed again and again. It can be really, really tiring, but when you give that clear, consistent message, very calmly, take them back to bed, lay them down, you know, you might have to sit there with them for a while, and you know, I do a lot of work with families with very, very gentle stresses to kind of very gradually move away. Um, it depends on their kind of understanding, it depends on, again, their temperament. Thanks so much for listening to the Milan Baptist podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you would like any more information about Emily and her work, or want to read or listen to more content from her, then you can go directly to her website, which is sweetdreamsleepcoaching.co.uk. We also love to hear from our listeners. So please email any thoughts, feedback and questions to me directly on mamonatmilanbaptist.org.uk. You can also find Emily's website and my email address in the episode description. I'd like to thank Emily for coming to our group and for being happy to share the great talks that she prepared for us on this platform. We loved having her with us. All right, that's it for now, but I hope that this episode will contribute to you and your little ones getting some really good rest this summer.